When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. We're going to do a song to warm you up. Then we're going to get the uh, BCC guys on. Uh, in honor of uh, Valentine's Day passing, we'll do a love song to start you out here.
very much. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bigfoot Lodge presents the Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael and super producer Riley Bray. Garibaldi of Sunnydale. Thank you. Yeah. Give it up. Oh my goodness. You're very kind. My sister knows how to pick them. <laughs> Her fifth husband, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> fifth time's a charm, baby. <laughs> that was, of course, our theme song, Come Alone, from the uh, Sun Eaters album unfathomable darkness which is available now and before that we heard the song help from their uh album loving relationship you can get all of the sun eaters music and discover amazing other artists uh, over at uh lotus pool records at lotuspool.com thank you again chris garibaldi thanks chris uh, hey everybody, welcome to an episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club live in LA here at the Bigfoot Lodge in Atwater Village. Holy shit, we got a nice turnout. This is so cool. Uh, hey everybody, I'm your Scoutmaster, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other Scoutmaster, Bryce Johnson. And. <laughs> I Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Oh, oh, party foul. Oh, man, party foul. That's And all right. our director of arts and crafts and who always gets the great shit. Riley Bray. There we go. We'll be making macaroni necklaces later, so stick around. <laughs> you know that your podcast is doing well when you're opening for the headliner karaoke at 1030. <laughs> Uh, this, of course, is the, nice. yeah, this, of course, is the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. So we're going to get right into it here in the mystical Bigfoot Lodge, which, of course, Bryce, we've been here before. Yeah, this is our second live show here. It's, it's like the perfect place for what we do. And uh, if you guys were here at our last show in December, you know a couple things. Number one is that within this realm, there is a portal to another dimension. That's right. That's known as the Bigfoot Gateway. <laughs> you never know who's going to come through that you portal. You never know. <laughs> and tonight, our gatekeeper is Mr. Manuel Baca, who is holding it for us. Manuel. Hi, welcome. Welcome to the show. He says, welcome. Um, so last time we were here, Bryce, we were celebrating, celebrating and masturbating to yep. the premiere of... Your uh, show on Travel Channel. Yeah, Expedition Ex Bigfoot. Expedition Bigfoot. Yeah, uh, thank which you. just wrapped its first season a few weeks back. And how'd it go? Oh, it went great. We got, uh, 
you know, uh, people's response to it was so overwhelmingly positive. It was and super positive. Yes, I was very pleased. People are excited because you got some infrared footage yeah. of the legendary Sasquatch. Yep, yep. You saw some orbs, which we love to talk about on this show. I know. I was really happy when uh, some of the paranormal aspects started going down on the expedition. I was like, yes. Yep. And there was a haunted graveyard full of dead children, yep. which was super weird. Yeah. <laughs> you thought you were just tuning into a Bigfoot show. Hey, but anything like can our... happen on the travel channel. Yeah. But like our podcast, <laughs> everything goes off the rails. Um. <laughs> So I wanted to say, I literally, I love the show. We're so proud of you. We're so happy for you. Congratulations. Thanks, man. I think I speak for all of us when we say we would like a second season of Expedition Bigfoot. Yeah, me here, too. Here. Me too. Here, here. Is there any news on that front? You know, it's looking good. Uh, it's not official yet, but uh, it's leaning in a good direction. Okay, cool. I love setting up Bryce for <laughs> announcements that he cannot make. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> it yeah. all the time. All right, so while there were a lot of people who love the show, um, as we know, like Star Wars... Um, <laughs> The Bigfoot community can get a little heated when they're not... Yeah, they're very get, passionate. They really want a body, is what I'm learning. <laughs> right. They want Bigfoot produced on a cold slab of marble yeah. for them to point at. Yep. Um, so I pulled a few comments from Twitter and from our uh, <laughs> Instagram feed for a brand new segment that we're going to call... Uh, Bigfoot Backlash. Bigfoot Backlash. Love all right, it. this is from Mark. Yeah. Mark says, you can... What, Mark? What? You get to respond to all of these. Okay, good. Watching hashtag Expedition Bigfoot <laughs> on, Dis on Discovery. Okay. It's our parent company. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think it's Discovery in the UK, but by the way, Mark. Okay. It's Travel Channel. It's brilliant. Middle of the night, and they, are, they hear a whistling noise. Bigfoot expert says it's bigfoot watching them scientist says it's a bird <laughs> so there's a moment where yeah. uh what do you think bird or bigfoot uh first let me say fuck you mark <laughs> there uh, you go just kidding uh, <laughs> uh you know i would say to mark uh we actually had uh sound experts create some prototype uh high-tech microphones that we placed in the field so that that sound that we got back, that was analyzed by an audio engineer that lives here in L.A. And, you know, he was able to put it up on his big screen. He actually creates monster sounds for, for Hollywood pictures and stuff sounds like this. Sounds reliable. Yeah, so he sounds really He yeah. makes fictional monster <laughs> sounds. Well, you know, what better person to bring it to? And he was like, he was like, I've never heard anything like this. I'm very intrigued by it. And he was able to detect these uh, different low-frequency harmonics that took place within that vocalization. Now... Uh, anything under 20 hertz, a human can't really make. Especially, also, they can't produce harmonics in their own in, in their own voice. So it, it's not a bird. It, it wasn't anything known to the wildlife area of the Pacific Northwest. Right. So you're speaking to the Bigfoot calls. Yeah. So is he but talking about the whistle? The, the whistle that Ronnie and Dr. Maria heard that went like this. Oh right. Yeah. Well, I mean. It could have been a bird, but <laughs> it's probably, it's Bigfoot. probably Bigfoot. All right, here we go. I mean, uh, so uh, <laughs> Holly, I'm not going to say her full <laughs> handle, says, please bring back the fun travel and food programs. Not everyone wants to see paranormal shows. Yeah. I haven't watched your channel in over a year. Would love to 
bizarre foods and delicious destinations return. That's her grammatical error, not yeah. mine. Well, you got the wrong network now because travel is moving away uh, from that domain. I mean, if you notice, they're completely rebranding themselves. They took out the vowels uh, from travel. So when you see it on TV, it's TRVL. It's more which, paranormal you know, that way. Yeah, which, which <laughs> it, it, it is paranormal Once that way. Once you lose right. the vowels, you're then entering. that's chaos magic. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, right. yeah. that's creating a sidual by actually, taking out the vowels. That's actually very true. Dude, I mean, travel it's a completely getting into some chaos into some magic. Shit, dude. Um, uh, yeah, no, they started actually, so the, the whole deal behind that is um, they had a real popular show with some of these ghost hunting shows, and they were doing really well for the network, and the network just wanted to sort of carve out that space for themselves. They saw an opportunity, and they were like, let's, let's keep moving in this direction. Nobody was really looking at the travel channel to get, like, travel tips anymore. They go to the internet. So they're like it was a, it was a natural move. Unlike for Bigfoot experts, <laughs> right? And right. Paranormal enthusiasts. Yeah, that's right. So travels paranormal now. Deal. I with don't it. mean to mock your employers. I love the show. I really do. Okay, Gil uh, something says. Actually, I can't wait for The Walking Dead to be back on Sunday nights. It's more believable. <laughs> oh, burn! I've never seen The Walking Dead. I'm sure I would love it though. Um, here's zombies a, are cool. Good Here's answer. a question that Bryce, you might be able to answer. All right. So why hasn't anyone, Jen asks, why hasn't anyone ever seen a baby Bigfoot? Oh, they have. Uh, there's a great video of uh, this. I, I think they're like two college kids. They're they're kind of screwing around and they're having this interview. And in this in the background, you see this sort of like large creature. It's it's kind of blurry as all good Bigfoot videos are. But then something jumps off of its chest. And it starts swinging through the trees. And it's, I mean, this is in North America where there, you know, shouldn't be, a, you know, a, a, like an orangutan Like a chest-launching primate? Yes, exactly. And so this, this, this sort of juvenile Sasquatch is, is swinging on the trees. It's a great video. But people find smaller footprints all the time. You know, actually, in that 1967 Patterson-Gimlin footage, which is, you know, probably the still to this day the best footage of, uh, of Bigfoot that you can get, a lot of people don't realize is, you know, what brought them to that area where they found multiple tracks. Uh, they found about four different sets of tracks, and two of them were smaller. So, you know, uh, Roger Patterson thought that there was a whole family of Bigfoots up in that area, and that's why he got Bob Gimlin. He was like, dude, we got to go up there. There's all these tracks up there, you know, big ones, little ones. We've got to go check it out. Well, the biggest controversy that seems to be on the threads is about grizzly bears. Everyone's oh, right. upset. Yeah, I heard all about that. Everyone's yeah. upset because one of the women that you spoke to said that she saw grizzly bears in Oregon, yeah. and everyone, a lot of people are screaming that grizzly bears have been long extinct in Oregon. Yeah. Oregon. Um, and then, uh, but then one lady responded, I once saw a baby Bigfoot once. With a grizzly bear in Oregon. So there fuck you, those guys. Yeah, there you go. That's what's Case up. Case closed. And then finally, and this has nothing to do with your show, somebody just wrote in all caps, Bigfoot does not exist on Twitter. And then quickly wrote, I'm sorry, y'all. I've been watching a lot of Bigfoot documentaries, and I just need to vent. I also went to a Bigfoot museum last year and got very angry. <laughs> Well, uh, R.J. Palmer from Twitter, we can relate. Awesome. All right, let's get on with the show, everybody. 
Well, I hope I answered all the uh, the hater mail. I kind of love it. I know. It's pretty fun. What's yeah. the biggest, I mean, what's the thing that gets your hackles raised most when you when people are like, ugh? No, nothing really. I, you know, um, when they say that we're, we're, we're kind of faking evidence or that we're trying to produce a television show, I mean, I'll be totally honest. Look, we had to create eight hours of watchable television. So, you know, when we set out to do this thing, we had a whole plan of like, uh, in case we didn't actually come across any amazing evidence. Fortunately, um, we came across all different kinds of stuff, so it really led the show in a different direction. But you got to be insane to think that you're not going to, you know, try and make something watchable. Uh, so we set out to create, you know, beautiful cinematography and then, of course, the location. And, yeah. I like that, speaking of location, R Brown 1026 on Instagram said, I like how that Bryce dude gets to stay in a cabin while the rest are in tents. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's headquarters, yeah. bro. <laughs> Somebody's yeah. got to lead. Yeah. Pays to be a member of SAG AFTRA. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Um, okay, uh, Bryce, yeah. I think that uh, you brought in something for us tonight. Yeah, I did, actually. So we have a little bit of. Bye, All right, beautiful. This came from, I saw this too, and then you sent it my way again. But uh, two Ohio men say they encountered Bigfoot, a Bigfoot-like creature, at Salt Fork State Park. Now, Salt Fork is in Ohio, where they hold the annual uh, Bigfoot convention, to which That's I've right. been. Uh, this is reported by dun, 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 Akron Beacon Journal Now, but I think it made a few other news outlets as well. Uh, it was just a leisurely walk in the woods, one they've done many times, but this time was different. This time, they spotted something that they say they'll never forget. January 12th of this year, when two Ohio men found themselves staring at what they resembled a Bigfoot or Sasquatch in Salt Fork State Park. Should we even be here? Said Eric, <laughs> one of the two men. Is Eric. this Bigfoot territory? <laughs> yeah. Are we in Bigfoot's domain? Dude, I don't know if we should be here, but I got my camera just in case. Uh, the figure had the characteristics of Bigfoot, hairy, upright, walking, ape-like creature that dwells in the wilderness and leaves footprints. I, I saw the video. It's pretty good. He's we'll throw little... it up in a link. We can't play it at our yeah. live show, oddly enough. Right. You know, he, but... was, he was a little small for my liking, but that goes to what we were talking about earlier, you know. Baby I mean, Bigfoot. We have to imagine if, if these things do, you know, live and operate in family units, then there's obviously, you know, small to big. So, uh... But I, I, I was, uh, it wasn't, you know, it was a great video. Uh, the figure, what else do we Talk have Talk more about the video. Yeah, so they're in there. Okay, well, here's what was a little strange is they're making, the, and it's on YouTube. They make, like, this beautiful video. Like, they've got, like, shot of their tires going down the highway and, and you know, like, rain Just coming off men. the rocks. Just two men. On the road. So they're setting going up. Going as far away from society <laughs> as possible so we can finally express our feelings. Totally. So they're setting out to, like, make a nice little video here. Now, what what, what is interesting is that they, they, they explore this cave, and then they start hearing these real loud-pitched screams, uh, and that's also on the video. Those were those were absolutely intriguing. And then it wasn't just a, a few like twenty minutes later where they're you know they're out in the woods with this camera, and then they see this sort of you know creature walking through the trees, and it's got the brown hair, and and you know some dude on Twitter was like, I could see white on the bottom of the feet, tennis shoes, case solved. 
And I was just like, all right, well, I looked for that. I, didn't I have a confession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, did, I looked for that. I looked at the video, and I was like, where's this white shoe bottom? So where do you about? fall on this right now? You've done the whole show. Yeah. Bigfoot still making. I mean, this was from February, like. January uh, of this year. Oh, January of this year. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. pretty recent. Uh, we're still getting stories of Bigfoot. What do you think, Bryce? Yeah, well, you know, these things are out there, man. And so people are going to spot them, and they're occasionally going to film them. And it, it only goes to prove if you have a camera in these woods it's really hard to get a clear shot of anything especially something traipsing in between the trees you know yeah i have a confession to make okay i watched your show and i thought that the term relict hominid yep was relic hominid like a well, it's relic got a, it's got a t on the end yeah i didn't know that until like a couple you don't things have to ago pronounce the t. you can do relic do you think That's it's fine. a relic hominid or do you think it's a supernatural creature what do you think Dude, I'm still on the fence, man. Right. I, I really have no idea. I, I'm perplexed because I'd like to think that it's a, a, a flesh and blood creature, perhaps a, uh, a large primate or an ancestral part of our, of our lineage that made it through the Great Bearing and it somehow evaded our, you know, our human population for these hundreds of years. But at the same time... Because people, what's wrong with them? Right? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, no. I mean, well, you, you have to think that their main objective is to, you know... Avoid us at all avoid costs. Avoid us at all costs. Well, yeah. Bigfoot, if you're out there and you're listening, we would enjoy you to walk through our portal tonight. Yeah. But then, you, but then, like on the show, you get stuff where there's like that, that thermal image just sort of blinks out in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, okay, what the fuck is this thing? I So I don't know. And, and that's why I want to go back and I want to do another season and, right. and try and, you know, get more information to just, you know, keep moving this thing into a corner. I, like I found that. another Bigfoot uh, news-related article, I, uh, but I haven't prepared it. Which Great, is, which that is sounds normal. like an awesome <laughs> but, uh, thing for a live show. Yeah. Killer lead Killer lead <laughs> But it's... Uh, Let the people hear it, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> it's alien abduction supported by cell phone data. What? Yeah, What's no, up? this guy has a, a Fit app on his cell phone, and he claims that he <laughs> was abducted. Took eight million steps today. Right, no, but in like at like four in the morning, it says it, it rose because it has a barometer. It's not, uh, it's not a GPS operated system, and it, and it went up like sixty feet in a matter of a minute. And he's using that as proof for his uh, his abduction tale. What's that? You mean an altimeter? Yeah, altimeter. What did yeah. I say? Barometer? Barometer what does that yeah. measure weather, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Bryce. Science. I was just checking, Bryce, man. real yeah. quick. Keeping us honest, everybody. Bryce. It's all the same. Bryce, real quick. Yeah. Science how much, thing. How much does a horse weigh? Uh, 400 pounds? <laughs> nope. 1,200 pounds. Closer. 800 pounds? That's about right. Okay. You know, um, I can't get everything right. We're learning together, you guys. Yeah, we're learning together. We still don't know science on this show. <laughs> all right. Whoa. Wait a minute. Did you feel that? Do you hear that weird sound? Yeah, sort of a, a buzz or something. Yeah, I, think there's a bu- I feel like the, the, the atmosphere changed a little bit, too. The barometric pressure. There is something happening, and there's a tingle in the air. I can see the colors of the... Dude, is that a... Other side. There, is that a portal? Something's happening with the portal. Oh, no. I think someone, a young, sweet man, is approaching... Oh, my God. ...from the other side, and... Coming through, it's our first surprise guest of the night. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome actor, comedian, host of Everything But The Scores with Danny Jollis, Mr. Danny Jollis. All right. What's up, Danny? Oh, what an exciting portal to go through. (laughs) Dude, that was amazing. (laughs) 
It was a, quite the wild experience. You, you just know? materialized out of nowhere, It's quite bro. the uh, physical gag to do on a podcast. <laughs> I, uh, this is for the... That's an exclusive live yeah. <laughs> physical gag for people who come to our yeah, show. Certainly. And, and those of you listening, you can't imagine how intricate <laughs> and uh, difficult it is. The the amount of, uh, of F, special effects being oh, put yeah. into that moment. Listen... <laughs> Manuel Baca is 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 defying union rules. Let me say He's this: He's our prop master from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> let me be very he clear: should not be doing this for free. Oh, let me be clear: and Manuel Baca should not be blamed for the lack of effort put into that portal. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, I know, it's wonderful. I, I, I've been on the show before, and I said I think I was the worst guest that you guys have ever had. Absolutely I, I felt, not. I feel in- terrible. I am a true uh, just terrible. I I did. Multiple circles in the back during your Bigfoot thing of me being like, oh, come on. And I did multiple of those. <laughs> well, wait. So, what? okay, you're a skeptic, and horrible, that's fine. Horrible skeptic. I feel terrible about well, it. Oh, sure. okay, what do you, what do you go, come on, to? <laughs> I think the statement... <laughs> I think the statement, you know how hard it is to get uh, good video footage in the forest, uh, got me a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, worked with an iPhone before, but they are incredible nowadays. Uh, I don't quite know what that meant. I uh, but uh, but but you know yeah I I also hear you but also uh, that that part got me a little bit yeah uh, what I meant to say was like you know usually these things are walking off in the woods and so all you're going to record is just you know something moving through trees certainly I would say that uh, you know we do have the ability to have a light on the back of our phones that uh, has been able to light things up in the past. what if it's a day video also did you bring a drone with you I mean I could go on all days so <laughs> I mean, have multiple I drones to be fair <laughs> multiple military grade drones. Military grade? Yes. Okay. Oh, he's talking about the latest uh, BCC news piece. Those oh, two guys that's in Ohio. True. That's true. Yeah. They that did use a drone, though, actually. Yes. I, uh, but I, I am a skeptic, but that's not to say that I don't uh, love the show. And, Great. Uh, Thank and, you. And, and, and we support welcome all. And support all of you. Great. Yay. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah. We're all friends here. We can disagree and agree and get together I'll no listen. matter what. I'll listen to anything if you can convert me. I've said a hundred times. Well, that's uh, not, you know, our goal is not to make you change your mind. It's to enjoy the story. Yes. yes. Yeah. And Danny recently enjoyed one of my favorite stories with me, the story of the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's a real thing. Danny, that's a real Danny, uh, if you listen to the show, you know this was a sidebar moment for me that I used uh, low-key occult magic by wearing the same clothing and showing up to the same place with my same good luck Danny for three Sundays in a row to help ensure the win and the great comeback that was the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. defeating the San Francisco 49ers. How else did they make that comeback drive? I mean, I'm just saying I did my part. Yeah, and Danny did his. It was wonderful. It was a very special sports moment for all involved. So I thought it'd be nice for Danny to come on because you do have a new sports-based podcast, which could be not it couldn't be further from what we do. However, yes. So sorry, you were about to say something. Well, no, no. You well, you finish it. <laughs> you finish your sentence. Uh, <laughs> however, <laughs> there is a little bit of a weird crossover. Between uh, the world that we dwell in, which is like ghosts, occult, paranormal, and sometimes conspiracy theories, yes, and sports. 
Well, conspiracy theories in sports. First off, let me just say this, and this is a big part of my podcast, which is in everything about the scores, uh, if you've never watched sports ever before, you are still able to follow along. It's about all this stuff off the field. So those of you in this room who don't like sports, you can still tune in for this part. Uh, I will catch you up on everything. Don't worry about it. You don't need to do math to enjoy Breaking Bad. You will enjoy these stories. <laughs> um, Good sell. Thank you. Um, uh we uh, in sports, the beauty of our conspiracy theories is we've been proven right a hundred times before I get to these stories. We, <laughs> we, we all the time have a conspiracy, and then it comes true. A great example, mm. in the 2008 NBA Finals, Paul Pierce, who was a basketball player, that's all you need to know, crumbled to the ground, grabbing his leg. And he was in so much pain, they wheelchaired him off the court. And about 20 minutes later, Paul Pierce came running back onto the court and played the rest of the game. And it was seen as heroic and wonderful. And then conspiracy theories began of how the fuck... Can I curse? Yeah. yeah. How the fuck... Oh, wait a minute. Can he curse? Yeah. yeah. How the right. fuck Paul Pierce got, went from, I can't walk, I need a wheelchair, to I'm running in a basketball game again. And so all these conspiracy theories started that he faked it, he made it up. And of course it was met with, you're being crazy, you're all out of your mind, no such thing. Well, recently, Paul Pierce admitted on TV that uh, he had shit his pants during the game. <laughs> and that is why he was wheelchaired off the court. Oh Our God. conspiracy theories actually come true. Sports is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh, unfortunately, with the I Kennedy go back assassination. And watch that game again. Yeah. He just shit his pants. It's amazing. <laughs> he just, all the answers to these theories are they shit their pants. Yep. The other thing about sports is as much as you think sport, there's a multi-bazillion dollar industry around sports, but there's even more money in gambling on sports. So a lot of times there's a lot of rumors about stuff happening in sports that turn out to be true because of gambling. Tim Donahue, an NBA ref, was arrested for actually fixing games. Uh, the Houston Astros just this past year got caught cheating in games. We've had a ton of... I know, and, I, and boo for sure. And boo them to fucking hell. But uh, uh, so they happen all the time. And with that, I'd like to tell you a couple conspiracies okay, in the great. sports world. Well, right. I, cool. Great. And because this actually started yeah. when we were watching the playoffs, I turned to Danny and I said, I keep hearing that football's rigged. That's like a famous thing. So rigged sports in general is a thing that we hear all the time. And for the most part, we can't prove it because football would be almost impossible to rig. I don't believe football is rigged. But I will tell I you... I refuse to believe football is rigged this but year. But I will tell you a sport that is potentially rigged, and I have some evidence. In 2007, and get ready, you will enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel them pull back on occasion when I go into it. Give me a chance. This will come full circle. In 2007, in a tennis match in Spain, Nikolai Davidenko... And a guy named Martin Vassello Arguello. You don't need to know their names. They don't matter. But just so you know, I'm talking about real people. We're playing a tennis match. It was the fourth-ranked guy versus the 36th-ranked guy. But weirdly, before the match, a lot of money was coming down on the 36th-ranked guy. A lot of people were betting on this guy in the middle of a professional tennis match. Even as the guy who's number four-ranked beats him in the first set, even more money is coming down on this 36th-ranked guy. It's like that scene in Bloodsport when all the betting's going around. Yes. When John Klotz got his eyes uh -huh. dirty. Except out. it doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> Except everybody, it isn't John Clemendam, it's the 36th-ranked guy whose name I already forgot after <laughs> saying it. And yet everybody is betting on this guy. 
Halfway through the second set, would you believe it, the fourth-ranked guy twists his ankle. He goes down with an injury. He is unable to finish the match. The 36th-ranked guy wins the match. Mm. So Vegas does something they never do, which is they null they every shut bet. shut down. They do. They literally go, <laughs> we're not giving anybody their money. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> something happens. There's an investigation, and it is 100% a rigged match. Davidenko rigged the match. On top of that, they come out with a thing that says, in 2008, winners of singles and doubles titles at Grand Slam tournaments are among the core group of 16 players who repeatedly been reported for losing games when highly suspicious bets came down. Top 50 players have done it. It's happened at Wimbledon, the French Open, major events. Do you know how many players were suspended or kicked out of tennis for these offenses that were proven? Zero tennis players. <laughs> it's how the was, world works today, buddy. It was never reported. In tennis, this just never was reported that this thing happened. The only reason any of us know about this is because in 2016, BuzzFeed came out with a story. They were like, did you guys hear what the fuck happened in 2008? BuzzFeed crushing it in 2016, <laughs> by the way. I don't like that BuzzFeed was in charge of this, but per credit where credit's due, BuzzFeed for a while was nailing it on the news front. There was a period from 2015 to 2017 on a side note where BuzzFeed had like the best articles in the BuzzFeed game. BuzzFeed and Team Vogue. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, weird. The most cutting-edge reporting. It was a fucking weird situation. <laughs> BuzzFeed calls them out. They're like, this is still going on. Tennis... Again, suspends zero players, just puts out a statement being like, yeah, we're watching it. That's it. Last year, a guy whose name I wrote down, but I forget already, because uh, it's not important, um, but he, Karin Hassam, was kicked out of tennis, one of the first players ever kicked out, because he was setting players up. He was a connector. He's a professional tennis player. He was connecting players with gamblers to fix matches, confirmed. He was the only player kicked out. And that is where we're at right now. Pretty much. In 2020 tennis, it is widely believed many matches are fixed. Whoa! Outrage. Don't and believe tennis! <laughs> is that not fucking wild? I've yeah. never heard it talked about on SportsCenter. It boggles my mind. Guys. I don't understand. <laughs> Why are you looking for Bigfoot when you shouldn't be <laughs> believing tennis? <laughs> uh, it drives me nuts. I don't believe it. Are there any other living sports conspiracies happening right now? I'll tell you one of the best ones. One of my favorites. And so I have a question for you after all this. So get ready. Okay. It's going to be scary. Well, I'll tell this story, but I'll do it with fear in my heart. <laughs> Please. Uh, this story involves a, a, a player. Uh, I think you guys would have heard of him. His name is Michael Jordan. Yeah. Okay. All right. And let me tell you, and the podcast didn't hear it, but some people said audience. who, and that's the kind of humor I love and enjoy at a live podcast. Also, <laughs> I'm just letting you know, this is a paranormal podcast. They could have been serious. <laughs> and it's possible they have never heard of Michael Jordan. Sure, sure, sure. Picture the most famous person. And the then yeah, we're yes, in Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody said the actor Michael B. Jordan, which is a great joke and deserved to be heard on the podcast. Whoever said it in the back, I think it was you. That was a great joke. Um, Good joke. He is the guy in Space Jam, and this story involves Space Jam. There you go. There's space. Which involves aliens <laughs> and hollow. Yeah. Where all the Full Looney circle. Tunes live. Full circle, baby. What if I told you Space Jam was a rigged game? No, but uh, 
No. No, but you might have. So those of you that have never seen the movie Space Jam, you might notice that it centers around the fact that Michael Jordan, in the middle of his basketball career, is playing baseball, which was a very weird thing that happened in sports, where Michael Jordan, at the height of his popularity in basketball, just stopped playing basketball. He was like, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. He played in the minor leagues for two years, according to Space Jam, because his dad liked baseball, and then randomly decided, enough of baseball, went back to dominating the NBA, as is seen as a pivotal plot point in the movie Space Jam. <laughs> it's trash I was gonna and watch it's that this 20 weekend. years old. <laughs> You're no, a little no spoiler alert. <laughs> but what if I... But what if I told you there's a conspiracy, which is that Michael Jordan did not just decide to randomly play baseball, but in fact was unofficially suspended from basketball. For shitting his pants. <laughs> I would believe that. Yeah, me too. For gambling on basketball. Yes. Oh. Michael Jordan, This and some people said, I heard that, and I can't tell you how happy I am to hear that. Um, Michael Jordan, at the height of his career, was known for being a horrific gambler. And by horrific gambler, I mean he was worth billions, and he would lose millions. So, and was he, he that bad? And, but, and if you fed him after midnight, he would turn into a gremlin. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, sure. Sorry, but, I threw uh, you off. <laughs> you made me lose my steam. I'm uh, sorry. I'll shut up. Uh, Everyone complains I interrupt too much on this podcast. I don't like. I don't think you interrupt enough. Um, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, there was a uh, sports gambler who was arrested in the middle of the 92 season, and at his house they found a check from Michael Jordan for $60,000. Michael Jordan said it was a business loan. Then he was asked to testify under oath, and he said, never mind, I owe him that because I lost a bunch of money to him. That was under oath. And around that time, the NBA goes, we're going to investigate Michael Jordan for gambling. And then, weirdly, Michael Jordan just goes, I'm actually going to go play baseball. <laughs> and the NBA goes, ah, we'll drop the investigation. Yeah. So many people believe that Michael Jordan was brought in a room. They were like, we can't fucking have Michael goddamn Jordan get caught gambling on basketball. So what you're going to do is you're going to go play baseball or hockey or whatever the fuck you want to play for two years. Tennis. Don't play tennis. <laughs> don't play tennis. Tennis. Great. And that's a I great throw joke. from the back every now and then, you know. I will say this. The most paranormal thing in the room is every time you talk because it does scare Spooky, the shit out yeah. of me. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this right. is how Riley hangs out in all of our episodes. He's just somewhere in the shadows. He just sneak the attack. Sh- with you know? his, he sits in the shadow with his legs crossed in the dark and it is Excellent. terrifying. Every there time he talks. Continue amusing uh, them. Yes. They said, go play baseball for two years. And at the end of it, you're going to make a movie with the Looney Tunes because we need to do something with, the, with, with Warner Brothers. And so if, you, if you've ever wondered how did Looney Tunes perfectly film a movie that happened to predict Michael Jordan's career? Because if you notice, it ends with him returning the NBA, which only happened like six months before the movie came out. It's because the writers knew Michael Jordan was going to come back because it was all an unofficial suspension to Michael Jordan. Whoa. Whoa. Well, there you go. Fuck you, Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so there's... <laughs> That's amazing. There is, a, uh, there is one paranormal story that I know from the world of sports that I wanted your take on, Danny, and that, of course, is the curse... Of the Billy Goat. You know this story, right? I don't know the curse of the Billy Goat. The Billy Goat. We're talking about the Chicago Cubs getting a curse put on them. Sure. So this is from... uh, (laughs) 
This is from what website is this called? I should. Oh, this is the Bleacher Report. I just got a summary, so I'm just pulling it. Bleacher uh, Report is one of the most famous basketball it is. sports so, sites on the planet. This is the, their, their story. Uh, what happens when you eject a man from Wrigley Field in 1945 for coming into the game with a stinky goat? The Chicago Cubs get a curse put on them, preventing them from winning another World Series. Again, this controversy is based in Chicago. The, the Cubs have suffered many trials and tribulations <laughs> right? since Sianis initiated the curse. The collapse of 1969, the 1984 team losing to the San Diego Padres, and of course, Steve Bartman. How could we forget Steve Bartman reaching over the stands and robbing Moises Alou of a difficult catch? Yes, that one's real. Go ahead. <laughs> it's been a tough road for the Cubs and their fans, but all hope isn't lost. With each passing season, this is clearly old, they have a chance to do big things. So they eventually won, but there was a thing forever I remember watching baseball that yes. the reason why the Chicago Cubs couldn't win a World Series is because... Of the Billy Goat Curse. Yes. Did they sacrifice the goat or something? No, no. just an old man wanted to bring his goat on the field. They wouldn't let him, cool. and he said, fuck you. Right. <laughs> so those... what do you think about curses and superstitions in sports? So superstitions I love. I would say in general, sports is a place where, uh, for most of us who watch it, we are helpless. And it's very frustrating. It's what makes sports both fun, because you're watching a TV show you can't have any effect on, and it's happening live in front of you, so you feel like you kind of can, but you can't. But that's why you wear your jersey and stuff, because you're trying to affect it. So as a result, when your team, like the Cubs, lose consistently, you look to anything that could possibly be responsible for what's happening. Billy Goats get blamed. Bartman gets blamed. A ton of people get blamed. At the end of the day, Chicago Cubs ended up winning a World Series, and I'd say the Goat can live happily ever after. I don't think the goat is responsible. I don't agree with that one. I'm just saying. Maybe it's a goat. Maybe it's the goat. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get you to believe something. I don't believe things that I can't see. But I'll tell you, you want want one that that you can see that's a a great sports rumor? Here's a good one for you guys. And I only say this because you said goat. This is a story about LeBron James. The greatest of all time. One of the greatest of all times. I don't know. Certainly. Debatable. Um, this story takes... I don't give it... I don't say things I don't believe. Uh, <laughs> this story takes place in 2010. The 2010 NBA Finals, uh, LeBron James and Cleveland Cavaliers are on a roll. They're killing it. They're playing the Boston Celtics Finals. He's playing incredible. It's LeBron at his peak. And all of a sudden, halfway through Game 3... It feels like LeBron James just kind of quits. He has a horrible rest of the series. They get knocked out. The next year, he leaves the Cavaliers for uh, the Heat. And a lot of people just go, well, they lost. Happens. Could have been a goat. Who knows what caused them to lose? Did anybody bring a goat? Did anybody bring a goat? Is there a goat? (laughs) But there is another rumor that flies around it that has always been unproven but is widely speculated, which is that at halftime of Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals... LeBron James found out that his mother had had sex with another player on the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> this has been widely reported as true. The player's name is Delonte West, who is still going through a lot of issues. But Delonte West, supposedly, and this, is, this will never be admitted live, but it is a Paul Pierce-esque rumor. <laughs> what are you doing back there? Just a light chuckle. Oh. <laughs> I saw them all turn, and I was afraid you were coming at me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, LeBron James's mother had sex with this player, 
and uh, LeBron James got very sad and didn't want to play basketball for a little bit. And that's why they lost. Oh, well. Isn't like that, that sad? Yeah. But also <laughs> crazy, and we'll, ne- we'll never know if it's actually true. But that's a great sports rumor that I feel sad for LeBron James for, but also is kind of funny. Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Mr. Danny Jolly. Oh, sports are fun. Where can people find your podcast? What's it called again? You can... <laughs> I know what it's called. You can you find it. my podcast on All Things Podcasts. Uh, it's called Everything But the Scores with Danny Jaws. It really is so much fun. I promise you, even if you've never watched sports before, you will enjoy these stories. It's for everybody. Sports is the most wonderful TV show on TV. And if you just let it, if you just give it a cha- chance, you will absolutely love it. All right. Thank All you right. so much. Back Goodbye, to guys. the other side, ladies and gentlemen, Danny Jaws. Goodbye, everybody. Nice wow. to meet you. you. That was fantastic. Thank you. There you go. Kisses. Well done. Uh, also, Riley, uh, this is maybe an appropriate time to tell you, I'm oh, your new stepdad. The oh, there he goes. <laughs> I'm so Riley, excited. Your, your mom and I have been having a toward love affair. You know, I can see for it For a year and a half. I could, I could see it. She, she, you know, she listens to the show. She's also... So I, she'll enjoy that joke. I, we talked about it before we recorded this. She said it was I just fun. didn't know she was ready to go public. I got the green light. I got congratulations. the Congratulations. I love you, son. I don't want to make podcasts anymore. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, if you listen to the show, you know that we love to play a game with all of our guests, and tonight, you are the guests. Yeah. This is a game that we like to call Bullshit or Believe It. That's right. All right, so we're going to go down a list of phenomenon. If you believe in it, you're going to applaud. If you think it's bullshit, you're just going to do nothing. And in honor of our live show, I'm going to have Bryce Johnson read this list, which is you never read the list on the show. Great. I can read. So you go down. Again, (laughs) if it's believe it, you clap. If it's bullshit, shut the fuck up. All right. Here we go. Let's see what you guys believe in or don't. Ready, set, ghosts. Oh, yeah. UFOs. Bigfoot. All right, good. Little gray aliens. Uh, Michael, your phone just went out. <laughs> oh, man, you got to wing it. <laughs> Little gray aliens, huh? You're really into that. I'll keep a thumb on it. Yeah, might just keep refreshing the yeah. goddamn screen, right. Bryce. The magic of We're radio doing a goddamn right light show, Bryce. <laughs> Out of body experiences. Demonic possession. Oh yeah. The Bermuda Triangle. All right, not so bad. Alien abductions. Yep, they happen. Check your cell phone bill. Loch Ness monster. Mm-hmm. Mixed okay. support. Mixed support. Time travel. Yes. Yes. Fans. Mothman. Yeah, he's badass and real. Reincarnation. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about ESP? Yep, that's real. Haunted houses. Strong belief. Strong belief there. The Illuminati. Oh, just a few quiet. There must be a few in here. There's a face on Mars. Okay. Wow. 
Wow. <laughs> Fuck boys. <laughs> Skunk ape. Yeah. Okay. Heaven. <laughs> A few fervent believers. Hell. All right. Yeah, hell. Yeah, hell. <laughs> Clap for hell. Sea serpents. It's such a confusing one, sea serpents. Not at like, all. It's very self-explanatory. <laughs> all right. I sea see serpents. <laughs> what else do you need to know? Polter serpents of the sea. Poltergeists. <laughs> yep. Chupacabra. Yep. <laughs> Atlantis. <laughs> yeah. Life on other planets. <laughs> all right. Yep. Resounding yep. belief. Parallel dimensions. Yep. The apocalypse. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, let's prevent it. Huh? Okay. Well, I like what you guys think. Last but not least, life after death. Yeah. All right. Wow. All right. all right. What a I good gotta, room. I got to say, all the weirdos are on this side tonight. <laughs> they clap for everything. Right side. Well, there you go. There is bullshit or believe Amazing. it. So we got a good crowd. A good So the apocalypse. Crowd. No, huh? Why not? Why, mm. don't, why don't we believe in the uh, apocalypse down here? Oh. oh, man. I'm totally on the spot. That's why I don't believe it, because I'm just, like, brain dead. Oh. <laughs> brain dead tonight. Well, that means that you're one of the first to go to hell when the apocalypse happens. <laughs> but he you... doesn't believe in hell. No. No, no. Anybody else got an opinion on the apocalypse Opinions out here? Opinions on the apocalypse. Young lady? Oh, I do, and it's coming. Oh, no. Mm. <laughs> That's all I have. All right. All right. All okay. Right, all right. All right, Enough we tried. Work, Michael. What a bummer. You know, <laughs> it's kind of a bummer topic to do crowd work with. <laughs> you learn these lessons on the job. Hey, tell me about the apocalypse. What hey, the so, end of the world, what do you think? <laughs> uh, get away from me. I also enjoyed that uh, my brother-in-law, who opened the show with that beautiful, melodious voice and guitar playing, was standing in the back of the room, and uh, he's very tall, and he was not clapping for a single thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thank you for being here, my friend, Chris. Yeah. Well, you don't have to be a believer to enjoy the show. You don't. Oh, whoa, Bryce. What? Whoa, do you feel that in the back of your head? Yeah, I'm getting oh, goosebumps. Sometimes it stings when you feel that interdimensional portal just cutting through the thickness. <laughs> that is the membrane of our reality. Wow. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm a buzz. There's a portal opening here in the lodge. And somebody's about to come through. Ladies and gentlemen, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and co-host of a Funny Feeling Podcast, it's Marcy Jarrow! Holy shit! Hi! Hello! What's up, Marcy? Oh, I'm too short for these stools. Wow. Wait, how do you get on them, for real? (laughs) I don't know. Goodness, goodness gracious. Is Is Danny still here? Uh, I also uh, wanted to piggyback on your Michael Jordan conspiracy. Okay. So this, you may actually have to cut this out because it could just be slander. Nah, <laughs> we'll keep it in. So, yes. The gam- allegedly. We'll just blanket uh, allegedly. Okay, so allegedly, the, all that stuff that um, Danny was saying, yes, I heard that as well. But you know that Michael Jordan's father was murdered on the side of the road. He was... His car was on the side of the road. He was found shot in the head. Whoa. Bummer. And there are some people who theorize that he owed 
money, gambling debts that he had not paid, and they killed his father. Oh my god! And then he also was just in so much trouble. This is so dark. <laughs> you guys came here for Bigfoot. I'm, I'm so fun. Um, you stayed for Michael Jordan's father's murder. Oh wait, we're, we're, uh, Bradley, can you grab that? Uh, so yeah, that he was so underwater with debts that he had to go back to playing basketball with a new number. Whoa. Um, fine. Uh, you know, I don't know anything about sports, but I love gossip that's upsetting. Um, <laughs> hot goss. Hot goss. Um, so uh, I'm very happy that you guys just did Bullshit or Believe It because I'm going to talk about someone today who would have clapped for every single one oh, oh, if wow. you were here. Amazing. This is a story about Bryce Johnson. <laughs> to my own heart, yeah. uh, so I asked Marcy, who of course uh, co-hosts with Betsy Sodaro, our sister show, Funny Feeling. Uh, yeah. fan- Thank you. Fantastic show. Uh, I asked Marcy to do something that we've never done on this show before. She came, she's with us today to do a guest High strangeness, story of high strangeness. Yes. So, Marcy, what is tonight's story of high strangeness? Well, this is not so much of a story as it is a collection of beliefs from one Miss Shirley MacLaine. Really? Now, I don't know if you guys are aware, but Shirley believes in every fucking thing there is. I gotta meet this girl. If you don't know Shirley MacLaine, let's see. She was born in 1934. She is still alive and old as hell. Her brother, her little brother is Warren Beatty. Did you know that? I did. Um, he added an extra T. Uh, let's see. Uh... She's most famous for her roles in terms of endearment. Alfred Hitchcock's uh, The Trouble with Harry, The Apartment, Sweet Charity, and as my favorite, Weeza Boudreaux in Steel Magnolias. Yeah, classic. But she has, like I said, a long career spanning over 65 years. And I got to do a scene with her in a movie. What? That I'm sure everyone has watched. It's called The Last Word. No, never heard of it. Well, I was in it. I was in a room and Shirley MacLaine screamed at me, then rolled her eyes about the director. And that's before they called action. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Okay, so she is one of my favorite actresses. She has had some famous feuds with co-stars. This is not paranormal. This is just backstory. Um, Anthony Hopkins called her the most obnoxious actress I have ever worked with. <laughs> In terms of endearment, she, uh, her daughter was played by Deborah Winger, and they had a feud on set. And in 1984, they were both nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress for Terms of Endearment. Shirley won and ended her accepted speech by saying, quote, I deserve this. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so now let's get to the spooky stuff. So she was promoting her book in April 2011, I'm All Over That. And she told Oprah all kinds of stuff about how she had an open relationship and how she had romantic, uh, that she fell in love with all of her co-stars except for Jack Lemon and Jack Nicholson, which is shady. Um, so she fell in love with Anthony Hopkins, and yeah. he was like, I, get the fuck away from You me. know, sometimes that's the best sex. Um, 
But not just gossip. She uh, also told Oprah she believes in reincarnation. She has talked about it everywhere else, too. She talks about it with on the Today Show. She's got, like, 20 books that she's written, and she talks about the subject at length. Because that's what I heard growing up was, like, I remember as a child of the 80s and 90s that Shirley MacLaine, before I'd seen The Apartment and some of these famous movies, she was always known as the actress who was like, I was Cleopatra in a past life. I believe oh, yeah. in past lives. I that was always what I I pictured her as, was the past life lady. Well, that's exactly right. She, When asked how many past lives, she's like, I don't know, millions of years, whatever that is. Like, she's so cavalier about it. She's just like, I don't know, a lot of them. So one of her past lives was as a harem girl in Turkey. And she became physically nauseous with the memory of my confinement and lack of freedom. I learned how the major religions, religions intersect and witness Coptic Christians living peacefully with Muslims. Then we have another one where she said, I had another past life experience where I had entertained a large audience at a theater outside under the stars. I remembered how good the acoustics were and felt the warmth of the summer night. So one of her lives She's just doing summer stock theater. Yes, yes. <laughs> she has many more. She has one where she says she's a gypsy, which I think we can't say anymore. Oops, bleep it. Um, one where this is a really interesting one where she's an androgynous being. She says, "I vividly remember being androgynous in the Lemi. What is it? Lemurian? Point it out to me. What is it? Lemurian. Lemurian, yeah. People in the back went, Lemurian! Thank you. You Lemurian! You called Riley people in the back. That's Riley was saying, back here. You mean Lemurians in the audience. Audience, in the audience. So, this is pre-Atlantis time period, and she says that procreation occurred through the power of the mind in deep meditation. Each of us had male and female genitalia, but oh, what was yeah. <laughs> what was most important was the desire of the soul. Uh, I'll turn my page. I have ten pages of notes. Uh, uh, we could manifest through connecting to the God Source. Each human had an equal vibration of yin, of yin and yang, female and male, and at some point in the Lemurian history. Some of us became intrigued with the idea of dividing the yin and yang vibration so we could observe the other with more objectivity. The Lemurians were like, if we could split people in half, there's more people to fuck. (laughs) It just makes sense. (laughs) You really summarized it there. Uh, so, uh, (laughs) So basically that's what they do. And she says that, um, they had to meditate on a ray of light coming from above, which included all seven colors of the rainbow. Blah, 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 blah. Basically, they split apart, and then she became female. Okay. Okay, that's just some of it, though. Um, so, in 2012, she was joining the cast of a movie called Wild Oats, and the movie shot in the Canary Islands. While she was flying over to the Canary Islands, uh, on Iberian Airlines. <laughs> Alaskan. <laughs> yeah, she says um, she had a sense of coming home, and she found out on the flight that it was the only airline that flies to the lost continent of Atlantis. 
I checked. It no longer does that route. What? Um, because Atlantis is underwater. What is she talking about? <laughs> so she had a sudden, spontaneous memory of a previous life in Atlantis, where she was the brother to a 35,000-year-old spirit named Ramtha, who is... Ramtha? Ramtha. Ramtha. Yeah. Ever heard of him? Well, if you haven't, you should go check out Jay-Z Knight. Uh, and in case you're wondering, Jay-Z stands for Judy Zebra Knight. Uh, she is an American New Age teacher. And she channels this spiritual entity named Ramtha. And uh, apparently, according to her, Ramtha is a Lumerian warrior who fought... Atlanteans, right? At- oh, yeah. I didn't know they fought the Atlanteans. They, they yeah. were warring. That's okay. still in the Aquaman comic books. Right. Yes, and she <laughs> called it first. Um, <laughs> uh, little known fact. That. Shirley MacLaine created Aquaman. No, no, no. Jay-Z Knight. Judy sorry, Zebra sorry, did. Sorry. Judy Zebra is not her government name. Uh, <laughs> it is Judith Darlene Hampton. Not as cool. So apparently Ramtha was over uh, in the, over there in Lumeria, which is like in the Pacific Ocean. And then we had her bro, Shirley, up over here in Atlantis. And then they had some battles with 2.5 million people or whatever, whatever, whatever. So, uh, and this is all coming from Shirley. So, also, while she was in the Canary Islands, a bunch of weird stuff is happening. One of the weird things she explains in the book is that glasses were shattering. Whoa. Just randomly? <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, that's some weird stuff happening at the bar, too. Yeah. Um, Wait, glasses were shattering on the plane? No, just on set sometimes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so she's on set. She's like, oh, Canary Islands are spooky. A glass. And glasses are just exploding. Oh, that's a nightmare for a props master. I, oh. <laughs> I'm looking at Manuel Baca, who's still holding our <laughs> our beautiful portal here, and he's nodding his head yes. Um, so while she was there, she went on a hike in the mountains and encountered what she described as an eight-foot-tall golden man. And she says, this is what hit me. I'm looking at another sense of time. He is confused about where he is, and I don't know what he is. She's seeing her Oscar. Her Oscar. <laughs> She's like... I can't be gone too long without my best friend, Oscar. So she's, How did I get here? She's talking about all this stuff with our good friend Matt Lauer, who everyone still likes. Uh, <laughs> and so she's talking about how she's experienced past lives, and she says it's, it's subtle. It's kind of an emotional picture and facts that come through to her. Uh, and he asked her if in a past life she had ever killed someone, and she said, well, yeah. Yeah, and he like was this. like, well, let's throw it a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Matt. I've done this a thousand times. Yeah, she's I, like, millions of years? you got to kill somebody you, sometime. You killed someone in a past life, and I have a button that locks women in my office. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we should have stopped him right then. When he said it, we should have said, hold on, Maddie. Red flag. No. Um, so... She was on Oprah years later talking about another book. Literally, this woman has written so many books, and they're all, like, 
Like, I'm over that and walk myself down to a railroad. Like, none of the titles make any sense. I mean, I'm always in the New Age book section. I've never seen one of her books. Well, you gotta go to ShirleyMcLean.com. <laughs> and then that's a real website, and she does sell her okay. book on it. <laughs> you have to go to the back. To the trunk of Shirley MacLaine's Subaru. <laughs> She's like Angeline driving around the city. You want to win a free ride with me? Win a, um, win a contest to enter a contest to win one of Shirley MacLaine's books. <laughs> Everyone wins. That's a, Imagine that's, it like in a trunk, like in the back of a bookstore, too. The Shirley MacLaine trunk. <laughs> If she could get into Skylights, God, she would love it. Okay. So uh, she's on Oprah later talking about a book, and she tells her about how she and her neighbor witnessed numerous UFO incidents in her New Mexico ranch. She says, one famous day, a friend of mine was sitting in my hot tub, and three UFOs came over and hovered over the hot tub for about 10 minutes. Whoa. So she believes that extraterrestrials are, are attracted to the many crystals around New Mexico. She says, crystals amplify the consciousness they're attracted to, that crystal, that crystal amplification. She's never seen an alien but she knows that their souls are teaching us and that they never die. The soul is everlasting, and its learning experience is lifetime after lifetime. Mm. So she says that the government, because she's talked to the president, the Peruvian president. She's talked to Jimmy Carter. She's talking to everyone, because, you know, Jimmy Carter has a UFO. Uh, yeah, that's yes, right. Yeah. He so actually she, reported his to uh, I mean, to no Mufon. disrespect to the Peruvian president. <laughs> She's just like, we all know there's UFOs, right? Mm-hmm. So she says the, Uf- the government is covering up the, existen- of U- the existence of UFOs. UFOs. Uh, and she says, this is a quote, it was the idea that if they are traversing space in such large distances, they have to have free energy. And if we know about that free energy, all the global elite would run out of money. That's what she said to Larry King. He goes, that makes sense. (laughs) I also have a button that locks women in my office. Are all men bad? Um, So not only does she have this ranch in New Mexico, but 45 miles away, she has another one, another home that she wasn't planning on buying. But one day she walked in and she sensed that there was a dancer at the top of the stairs and the dancer wanted her to buy that house. So she talked to a realtor and did. Uh, wait, a dancer was at the top of the stairs? What she do you mean? felt the presence of a dancer who said, Shirley, you simply must have this house. And she said, well, why not? Dancers, it. dancers make the best. I can't say this word we've discovered on the show, I think. Relators? Realtors? Realtors, yeah. I would say relators. Realtors. Um, She also was on Downton Abbey, we know, and she says that High Clare Castle was haunted as shit. And one of my favorite things that she said, Bryce, I mean, uh, Riley, do you have that little uh, file queued up? Oh, do we have something? A quote from Shirley McClain? I think I do. I think we do. It's in your email. It is in an email. It's in the back of Shirley McClain's trunk. (laughs) (laughs) So she believes in everything, essentially. And she talks about it constantly and so casually. Okay, so here's my thing. Before we, as we're getting this clip queued up, uh, Marcy, is there anything out of any of this research that makes you feel like Shirley MacLaine makes a good argument for reincarnation? 
I mean, I don't think she needs to make a good argument for reincarnation. Got I it. think it just like it just makes sense. She doesn't say why it happened. She just says that it does. She's happen. not trying mm. to convince anybody. Is she convincing though? Uh, I mean, Hoda really thought so. Hoda, 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 Hoda really bought it. Hoda bought it. Uh, Kathy Lee was like, well, maybe. Yeah. Do you have it pulled up? You don't have it. All right, I'm going to pull it up on my phone. I knew this would happen. That's why you're prepared. Um, catch someone else either. vamp for a minute, though. I mean, this is the problem with reincarnation. <laughs> Everybody always feels like they led some like famous, prolific life, like that of Cleopatra. Yeah, why we is can't it all be Cleopatra? You every, know? Like, how many people have been if Cleopatra? Infinite dimensions, though, we can all be Cleopatra. All right, Riley. Oh, Riley, man, man. Yeah, maybe. I you're was right. Cleopatra. Shadow yeah. man. That's right. Well, okay, so let's see if we can you hear make this. A good so, point, Riley. Let's see. Let's see oh, how this, this works. Oh, this is going to be a wild disaster. Here we go. <laughs> oh shit. Do you need uh, some Wi-Fi? I don't know. Hold That's on. That's what that was my problem. Come to us, Shirley. If you were to meet, the, let's pretend, Mr. Perfect, would you consider getting married at this point? Definitely. He would have to get out of a craft, and he would have to come probably from the Pleiades. I don't want to mess with the Orions or the Andromedans or the Betelgeese. You don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. We're going to let you explain that because we're going to have more words of wisdom. She doesn't mess with the, the Andromedans, the Pleiadians. <laughs> yeah. She's in all that she shit. she would fuck a Pleiadian, <laughs> yeah, she said. She right. wants. I, this is her being 84 and saying that, by the way. <laughs> so she's well-versed in her races of alien, oh, yeah. hot aliens. Right. Oh, yeah. She right. should come on the show. So She'd be great. I wanted to just tell people about her in case you didn't know how fascinating she is. And you can watch Just Go Through a Rabbit Hole of Eclipse. Oh, uh, my God. So, uh, Marcy Jaro... Uh, what the hell is that? What do you think? Reincarnation, Shirley MacLaine? You know I believe in every damn thing. I mean, sir. All right. I'm not as like up to date on the Palladians and how big their dongs are or whatever, but <laughs> I think they're no Arcturians have blue dongs, right. or at least. The frequency that their dongs vibrate on is blue. <laughs> right, right. But I think the Pleiadians can get it. They can get it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Marcy Charo. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Back to back to the other side with you. <laughs> we have a little bit more time. Uh, we have a uh, segment on the show that recurs every now and then. This, is, of course, are called. These are stories from listeners. We call them L-Files. So if there's anybody out there tonight who has a personal paranormal experience that they want to share, let us know. We have time for a few of them. To get us started, I'm going to invite... What? Oh, whoa. I, sorry, I was going to invite somebody from the crowd, but someone's coming through that thick membrane again. <laughs> through the portal, ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show, Mr. Chris Ogilvy. Yeah. Chris, come up here. You must have uh, a listener story for us. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris Ogilvie. Uh, Hi, everybody. I don't have a podcast. If you oh. are, uh, if you are a subscriber and supporter over at the other side, you may have heard uh, Chris on an episode where he talked about Chris is in the hospitality business. I serve people, not uh, physically, but well. Uh, He's worked in many haunted places in Los Angeles. 
How many of you heard of uh, the, the, the good old Malo on Silver Lake? Anybody ever Anybody been there? Anybody ever been there? Oh, yeah. Now Classic. it's a fancy restaurant with a, with, a, with, with a very fancy name called Bar Restaurant. Oh. Yeah, it's very fancy. Forward thinking. Yes. It's Let's very cut forward to the thinking. chase. It's very uh, 1930s East Berlin creepy. Anyway. So you've worked in a number of places, the Spare Room. The Spare Room. The Edison. At the, which is at the Roosevelt Hotel, which is very haunted. The uh, Edison's haunted downtown. There's a boiler room that burned people alive. You can see ghosts uh, in photographs on our Instagram feed if you scroll down far enough. Yeah, very, very clear ghosts all the way down on the bottom of the Instagram. But one of the stories that I always heard about Los Angeles, and you actually worked there, was that Malo, the Mexican restaurant that used to be on Sunset for about a decade, was yeah. haunted. Can hey. you confirm or deny? I can confirm it was very haunted. Uh, so let me paint the picture if anybody hasn't been to Malo. It's basically uh, a whatever level of Dante's Inferno that looks like a Mexican restaurant. That's what it was. Black tiles, red <laughs> velvet paper, uh, wallpaper. Everything was stone and, and metal girders and a lot of concrete. So if there's three people in there, it sounds like a, a full hell of people talking. So it was, uh, the acoustics were awful. So um, back in 2000, I don't know, something however old I am. Where every ghost story begins. In the 2000s. Uh, so I started working in this place, and I was there. You know, I was uh, training as a, as a young general manager, as they do, and I'm, you know, closing out with uh, my, my uh, predecessor at the time, and I'm there with somebody until close, and then I leave with somebody. And it wasn't until my very first night that the bartender got insanely drunk. It was my first night alone. And the bartender got so drunk that I had to close everything out um, and send her on her way. She was a comedian, so, you know, it makes sense. Um, what are you saying about comedians? I, so, I, they're well-balanced people, and they, they, they really don't like, like to close. They don't like to close because so, they have to go out and make funny things. So far, the this story just sounds like the start of The Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe well, and it, Robert it, Pattinson. It has the same ending. Okay, great. Except Michael Jordan's dad isn't there. But How many you know, mermaids did you have sex with? Three. Go on. It's not fun. Uh, so anyway, so the first night I have, you know, clothes by myself, I'm sitting there. So again, my office is in the upper level. It's a two-story building. The, 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 the second level looks like literally like a bloom house. Closer? Okay. Looks like a bloom house set of a haunted house. It's basically an old apartment complex that was turned into an office. Uh, rotten wooden floors, green horrible paint, and uh, odd paintings in one room. And one of them had like... Anyway, I'll, I'll go past the paintings. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, this is a really, really haunted place. I don't like it. I run down the stairs my very first night closing alone, and I'm like, damn, okay. I'm not going to uh, – I don't really want to work here anymore. So I decided to, to keep on working. Is that feedback? Am no, I feeding good. back? You're good. Okay. So uh, as time goes on, I decide to stay at Malo, and uh, so I start getting uh, uh, I start getting conversations with our valet and our kitchen crew, who are usually there late nights. And the valet comes to me after I left one night because they stayed open for other patrons that decided to move on in the neighborhood, and they're like, "Hey, we saw a bunch of uh, crazy things happening in your office, which overlook the uh, parking lot." And those crazy things were people moving back and forth, lights turning on and off uh, when nobody was supposed to be there. So I'm like, oh, that's strange. That's crazy. I'll, I'll look into it. Um, and uh, as time goes by, my dishwasher came to me, and he's like, hey, um, he didn't speak English, so he goes, la nina. I'm like, 
That's the name of a Conjuring spinoff. Exactly. So I'm like, shit, it's a kid ghost. Those ones are the most fucked up. They always bite you. They do something crazy. They come out of the sink. So he kept talking... (laughs) He kept talking it's about... It's fact. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the number one thing kid goes to. Uh, so he keeps talking about La Nina, La Nina, and we're just, like, freaking out. Like, what is this La Nina? Uh, so he eventually quits because he was too afraid to uh, uh, see this ghost. So we decided as, as, as a couple of managers to uh, hire a professional uh, psychic, which they go do psychic things and have a reading. That person goes and does a reading, and they're like, well, there's not a physical entity here. It's more like a black hole. And I'm like, what is a black hole? And they're like, it's basically a spiritual doorway to a negative energy. I'm like, okay. Does it bite? And they're like, no. So we're going through the entire place, and then we walk upstairs, and they go, oh, hey, this black hole. Oh, it's right here next to your office. I'm like, great. Great. So a little a couple of the managers did some research, and they found out a the uh, Malo itself was uh, started off its life as a film canister uh, warehouse in the uh, 1930s. Oh, cool. Yeah, so there's a little film history in that. Then eventually became apartments, and uh, one day a dad decided to drown his daughter in a bathtub. Not cool. Not cool. Which that bathtub was still next to my office um, to this day, so... Oh, not to this day. They remodeled it. But, uh, yeah, it was that, that same bathtub that was right next to my office, which was fun. You think that has any connection to do with the little girl ghost? Yeah, anything? <laughs> I, I didn't think so at the time. I mean, draw me a direct line here because I can't see it. So, so we, got, you know, we got a point A to B, La, La Nina, and then La Nina. Oh, so we, we got a nice cleansing of the place, and we're, you know, we're, we're feeling pretty good for about a year or two. And then all of a sudden, strange shit starts happening again. And we're like, oh, boy, this isn't good. So we decided to get another psychic that we actually, uh, or healer or whatever, uh, from New York. They flew in, and they came in. They're like, okay, did the same round around the restaurant. And then they go, oh, there's a black portal right here. Completely separate person. What? Exactly. Yeah. So that was the odd thing. They're just like, oh, there's a black portal over here. And they explained the I same love that exact you guys thing. flew one in from New York. Like, yeah. We're going big on this one. Well, they paid we're a splurging. lot of money at Malo. Those Mexican restaurants. I happen to know really some up. good mediums right here in L.A. <laughs> Yes. That's right. Shout out to Miss yeah. Adela Levine. And yes. Mr. Dylan in the house. He's in the house tonight. Oh, yeah. I follow you on Instagram. It's a great page. She's so, rolling yeah. her eyes at this New York, quote-unquote, psychic. Yes. I, what? So they found a black... There's so, a, they, so they found a black hole and, 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 and a lot of spiritual things, and... Um, eventually, I left Malo, but there was a lot of uh, a, a lot of strange happenings there. I, I I'll end this story with I never saw anything. I never. Well, I actually heard a lot. Oh, that was another part of the beginning of the story. The very first night, which was the most important part of the story, I heard like a little bit of yelping and crying, as if like a young person were somewhere in the upstairs next to my office. No so good. I left. I'm not a good storyteller. Apparently. No, you're wonderful. No, this That's... is so scary. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. It's horrifying. Yeah, it was a pretty horrifying experience, and um, I look back at it fondly. Um, <laughs> And now you're out of the restaurant business. Now I'm out of the restaurant business forever because yeah. of Malo. Oh, Man. and and going back to Chicago, our uh, little logo was a billy goat over a fire. What? It's all connected. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Ogilvie, thank, thank you for sharing That's your crazy. story. That was great. Thank you.
Get, get, wow. get back Come over to the, the portal. Is there anybody out here tonight who we've got time, I think, for one more story? You know, is there I, anybody? I got a buddy in here. I was talking to him at the bar. Mike, I don't want to put you on the spot, but come on up here, man. <laughs> he popped right out of his seat. Yeah. Hey, why don't This he, is a good friend of mine, Micah Stewart. Why don't you ask him about his feelings on the apocalypse? <laughs> <laughs> See how hey, that banter hey, goes. Hey, the portal, baby. Come on through the portal. Hi, Grab friend that Mike. Hike. Hey, now, guys. Micah is a filmmaker, a fabulous filmmaker, writer, director. He directed me in a, in a short film called Lucidia, which is where I started uh, practicing lucid dreaming uh, to learn more about the role. And uh, you, you were telling me recently that you went to uh, Sedona, Arizona to, uh, to look for UFOs, right? Or, or there was like a UFO summoning group. Yeah, so I was just there this weekend. You could get up on that mic, get up close. Get, so you were just there. Yeah. yeah, I was just there. Uh, you can do a UFO sighting tour at the center of the New Age. I've I've been to the center of the New Age. I had a um, boy. I had a revelatory uh, chart reading there. That Did you, was it an aura reading? No, I got my chart done, and I had come off like a real hot shot year in my career. I was like, <laughs> I'm making it. And she's like, you're going to have a slow couple of years. And I was like, okay, lady. And then I didn't work for like two years straight. And I was like, no. So I believe anything that comes out of that spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, there's an incredible aura reader there, too. Um, so you're back. But, okay, so I went on the UFO sighting tour. Um, there's a woman there that they, they take you up onto this mesa. And you have military-grade night vision goggles. Do they give one to each uh, person? Or yeah. Do they, oh, yeah. wow. You each have your own one. Um, and Don't be shy on that mic. You got to go sorry. right up there. Uh, we saw a lot of activity. Um, there, she, she's very knowledgeable about like what's a plane, what's you know, a military craft. So you sort of go down the list of like what are the possible things these things could be. And do they have like the guy that like tracks it on websites, like the commercial pilot, the, like the commercial airlines that are traveling through and the different satellites, so they know that they it's not that? No, no, oh, okay, but they, uh, should, they should look into that, but yeah, so so you watch these things move across the sky, and a satellite you'll be able to track from horizon to horizon, right? But there's a lot of a lot of these things that just slowly disappear. And they're moving out of the atmosphere. And we saw two craft in tandem. We saw three craft in tandem. And we saw these blinking things. There was, like, one that would blink, like, every ten seconds. And there's, and there's nothing there. Once it's, when it's not blinking, there's, it's just black. There's nothing there. And then it'll blink. And then ten seconds go by. Another, and it's, it's not super consistent. And then there's a, there'll be another one that's, like... Blink, 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 and it's like any different colors of lights, or all looks well, the same color. Well, you can't tell starlight. because it's everything's green because you're looking through the goggles. Oh, right, of course. Um, so, Do any of yeah, them ever change pretty, directions or or like stop in midair? The we never saw anything really change directions like mm. you expect a UFO to do. It was just like it was almost like. We were on the edge of like some intergalactic highway that were just like sort of passing through. Yeah. She did mention there, there may be a portal actually above uh, yeah. in, in that area. Sure, where McLean's they're, they right, man. Passing through. Sedona is fucking crazy. So, 
She's Shirley MacLaine zipping around in her Subaru up there. I don't know. So what do you think, Mike? Did you see anything that, cha- that made you think differently about the nature of reality on that trip to Sedona? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I, I'm a believer anyway. So Also, it reinforces maybe some stuff you've thought about. Yeah, I guess I just thought, like, it's much more difficult to see a UFO... You know, I, I just assume this is a very rare thing, not like a money-back guarantee that you go up on this mesa and they're just going to be there any night of the year. Now, Turns they out try- Sedona. <laughs> yeah. Were they trying to communicate with it as well, like using like laser pointers? Or- Actually, yeah. So she has a laser pointer. Um, that's that's really helpful. Like when you're just trying to point out a UFO and everyone's looking around the sky. Right. Um, so she'll. But when she spots one, she'll kind of blink it at the, uh, at, the, at the craft, and then she'll say, like, give us a power up. or That's her sort of, like, term. Because some of them actually will glow brighter. Oh, wow. Whoa. And she, is, she sort of feels like there's a psychic connection yeah. uh, that, that you can make with them. And she's, a, she's an intuitive, so she was sort of, like, getting information hits you know, like while we were while we were doing it. So there's a sense of like a communication back and forth. Yeah, like she, I mean, nothing super tangible, but she yeah. did say like going into it, she felt she kind of felt like this was going to be a good she night. She didn't go to like high school with any of these <laughs> aliens. She didn't not go that way she, back. Not that she I told like us. She's like, Got this is going to be a good night yeah, for yeah. UFOs. <laughs> well, that's incredible. Cool. I've been to Sedona. I've seen weird stuff. Anybody here ever been to Sedona? And seen weird lights in the sky, yes. people over there, yeah. I know. It's a wild place. Mike, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Everyone, invest in night vision goggles. We have time for one more quick listener story. If anybody's got one, come on up. I see a hand here. Come here. Come on up. Yeah, through the portal. portal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She's got a Loch Ness t-shirt that's in the, the... it's oh, the logo. Right it it's oh, the wow. logo from Jurassic Park, but it's Loch Ness. That's awesome. Uh, hi, what's your name? My name is Julie. Julie, hi, nice Julie. to meet you. I'm Michael. Bryce, nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. Julie, sit down. What story do you have for us tonight? Okay, so I have a younger sister. She's about seven or no, she's seven years younger than me, and constantly through her life, she's been haunted since she was a baby. What? So I could start with the scariest one. <laughs> To me, because I was there. Is she the only one in the family? Yeah, she's the only one that we know of that's like constantly getting like haunting kind of things. And it started when she was like uh, born, pretty much. Really? Yeah. Weird things always happened around her. Holy shit. Have you guys like ever looked into like trying to find out why? Or? Not that I know of. Hmm. Uh, we just go, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, nothing it's... bad has particularly right. happened to her. Sometimes we think um, like we think family members are kind of. Interacting with her. Um, so you mean dead fi- past? Yeah, family like dead members. family members. Like I have an uncle whose ashes are in my grandma's house, and things happen when she comes in the house. Uh, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's Uncle Bo," and she's like, "What?" And I'm like, "It's fine. He likes you. It's cool." <laughs> okay. You know, weird things. Uh, but when uh, she was born, uh, we lived in a house in Pomona, California, and um, it was a really old, awkward house. Uh, we actually found bones in the backyard digging up one year. That, yeah, I mean, backyard. I don't want to. Make A to B, but... <laughs> yeah, not a good uh, start. <laughs> <laughs> May want to look into that. Yeah, we don't live there anymore, thank goodness. Uh, but yeah, so she... Uh, 
was born and we lived there, and so she was growing up till about three there. Um, and she started like talking to herself, like kids have imaginary friends. So we'd be like, "Oh, who are you talking to?" Mm. And she, I'm trying to remember the no, microphone. you're doing a great job. Uh, she would be like. Um, she started, like, when she started to talk, she'd be like, Toby. And we're like, oh, cute. Who's Toby? She's like, that's the baby on the ceiling. And we were like, oh, that's the baby on the ceiling. That's cool. Uh, Tell that baby to get down. Odd imaginary it's friend. That's it, the baby Toby? on the ceiling. <laughs> um, but so she would um, have crying fits, and she'd, like, point at the ceiling, and she was in her crib. Was all- your baby <laughs> sister coming down from heroin? No. <laughs> no. She'd have these crying fits and, like, you know, night terrors. Like, you think kids have, like, nightmares. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And she'd scream and she'd point at the ceiling. And we were like, what is the matter with you? And she'd be like, the monkeys. The monkeys on the ceiling. We'd be like, okay, yeah, the monkeys. Nice. Until one day we were watching, like, the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. And he came on the screen and she's like, monkey, monkey, monkey. We were like, oh, no. what? So we All realized right. that uh, <laughs> she called the skeletons monkeys. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say quick sidebar. Why are your parents letting you and your little sister watch Tales from the Crypt? What kind it's of good, man. what kind of garbage family are you growing up in? The best kind of family. Oh, yeah, man. man, we watched the Crypt Keeper from young age. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was scared of the Crypt Keeper. But so that, and then we had things like fly off the shelves in rooms that we weren't in. We'd hear like crash. I had a like oh, really? figurine dragon. We heard a crash. We'd go in the room, and it's like kept on a like collectibles kind of shelf it was yeah. on the floor God. like away like smashed and we were like okay this is the weirdest house we've lived in but so she's haunted can she tell the difference today between a corpse and a monkey <laughs> I, I believe so she just turned uh 20 so i hope wow. so oh, boy. so yeah. she's older now does she still tell you about experiences that she has or she does she have ha- recollection of all this stuff she remember yeah she'll remember she'll tell us about toby she'll she could like describe him wow um and then she's had a experience about maybe two or three years ago a family friend died and she had a music box that he gave her, and not too long after he died, uh, it started just going off in the middle of the night. Oh, hell no. And then she was like, oh, okay. And we were like, it's just yeah. Toby. It's fine. And she's like, I don't want this to happen to me anymore. I think Toby's yeah. got a go. It's been 20 years. <laughs> but yeah, she, she's my haunted sister. Yeah, that's great. Wow, that's, that's a great story. Julie, everybody. Thank you. All right. Riley, any final thoughts? There she goes, right I mean, the I portal. Just, I'm just so thankful for you guys coming out and hanging out with us. Seriously, thank you guys so much for yeah, coming. Yeah, really, seriously. This is such a you guys are awesome. Uh, I want to thank everybody in the Bigfoot Lodge, our mysterious bartender who refused to tell me her name before the show. I was not trying to pick you up. Um, uh, Kurt Sandvik oh, for helping out. Uh, Thank you, Kurt, and our team at Campfire, especially Amy Ruffle. I would like to thank Manuel Baca, Woo. Chris Garibaldi from Sun Eaters. Thank you, Chris. And our uh, Chris Ogilvie, and our guest, uh, Danny Jollis, and Marcy Jaro. Well hey, done. guys, uh, you can find us every Wednesday on your favorite podcast app or Bigfoot Collectors Club. Uh, please join us there. And until next time, I remain Michael McMillan for... Bryce Johnson and Riley Bray. Good night and go get request. Thank you very much. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. 
It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.